Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul Podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we have another round of raw talk, new nonsense, in today's episode with Kelly Sparta, aka The Spirit Doctor. Kelly is a transformational shaman and executive coach for spiritually minded CEOs, business owners, coaches, and serious spiritual seekers. She is also the host of the Spirit Sherpa podcast. She's full of wisdom and her gifts and voice are both so powerful. So today we're going to be kicking it with Kelly. Welcome to the shit show. I love you so much. Oh my God. You know, I have had laryngitis for weeks. I'm finally able to talk, but you can still hear it, right? A little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. It kind of got me depressed because there were several things that I wanted to record and I couldn't and I would try yeah. and I'd get so frustrated. Yes. But thanks so much for joining another session of Kicking It with Kelly. I'm super excited. <laughs> Kicking It with Kelly. Well, yep. There we go. Yeah. Yep. It's funny. I just proposed to this rabbi who I love talking to. Um, he you told me about... to him. Does his wife know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like a rabbi joke. It totally but, is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he taught me a new term called drashing, which is when you're interpreting kind of like your own spin on stuff right? Mm. Where you're kind of seeing things from different perspectives. And this is what rabbis do is they drash. So I had messaged him and I said, is drashing a word? You know, and he said, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, um, not Yiddish, Yiddish some sort of slang. I said, well, maybe we could do segment like drashing with a rabbi. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Right. I I'd love that. That'd be fun. Um, Dude, I'm not even kidding you when I tell you I've learned more about Christianity from the rabbi. Not surprised. Yeah, Jesus was Jewish, right? That's Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus was Jewish and Jesus was a Gnostic. He was not a Christian because Christianity didn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> he, yes. he was a Jew who became a Gnostic. I 100% agree. And it is something that I like to do. You know, when something comes up now, it's like, okay, this is what I've been told but what am I seeing today, you know, or how does it fit into my life? You know, how does it make sense to me in this time, in this world, in this evolution? Well, and that's what we're meant to do, right? And spirituality is not meant to be dogma. It is meant to be informative of your everyday experience. Yeah. And so, you know, we're supposed to contextualize you know, there's a reason we don't stone people for adultery anymore and you know, <laughs> yeah. that we don't kill people for weaving two different threads together and you know all the things that existed in the old testament that were like you know 
I mean, anybody who's got a tattoo would have been in big trouble, right? Everything has to be contextualized for the modern day. This is the problem when things go from spiritual practice to religion, is that religion tends to institute dogma. Mm -hmm. Some of their text after the Torah, like the Talmud and, and some of the other texts, it's just drashing. This is what started the rabbis. Right. This is just them working it out and talking about it, writing it. And it's one of the things that I really respect about the Jewish faith is that it is based on questioning. Yeah. You are supposed to question everything, which mm -hmm. I love because it means that everything gets contextualized. Everything gets re-looked at in modern day form. And there is yes. no sacred cow that you can't touch. Right. I did find out in my DNA that I have like 11% Jewish, which is a lot to not know. Yes. I do feel like this DNA lights up this desire to know more about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see this yeah. with people all the time. I don't know if you do, but you know, like just even with foods, right? You know, you tend to eat the same foods as, you know, your people did. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're got my mother for a mother. <laughs> In which case you eat everything, whether you wanted to or not. You had to oh, try it. If okay, it was on your yeah. plate, you had to try it. You didn't have to eat more than one bite, but you had to try it. Trauma. So, I'll never yeah. forget mommy dearest. <laughs> yeah, we, we get so much food trauma from our parents. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah, we get a lot from our parents. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the parents' job is to screw up their kids in a new way than their parents screwed them up. That's really a parent's job. You're never going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Your only job is to do it a different way than your parents did. Wow. That's so true. <laughs> that's so true. Oh my gosh. You know, being a parent yeah. is just owning the fact that your kids are going to hate you for a period of time. That's just the nature of it. You oh, know, as hard way. as you try, as much as you do, it doesn't matter. Your kids will find a reason why you suck. And it's, it's just, it's a thankless job. There's yeah. a reason I didn't have children. You know? I swear to you. I've even had one of my children tell me I love them too much. I was like, yes. See? Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which can happen. Yeah, def definitely. A little hel helicopter parenting, you know. Oh, yeah. I was uh, the captain. Yep. My dad and my stepmom were, they do this little like picking on you thing, or they did. My dad's passed now, mm -hmm. but, um, and, you know, they were picking on me and picking on me and poking and poking and poking and, you know, like like physically sometimes poking too. And, and they do this wrestling thing. And I am, I am delicate girl. I, I look sturdy, but I am the, I am not. <laughs> okay. Really? I I'm surprised. Skin. I have sensitive, you know, I'm, you know, I'm allergy sensitive. I'm just, you know, I am not a sturdy person in terms of, you know, I get hurt easily. Right. I feel very yeah. strongly and therefore I get hurt easily. Now, you know, I've got endurance of, you know, 10 bulls, but mm -hmm. the, uh, yeah, not so much for the, for the, the pain threshold thing. You know, they were picking on me and I was, they're like, we pick on you because we love you. And I said, well, mm. I wish you didn't love me quite so much. Yes. <laughs> I've been loved that way before too. Doesn't work yeah. for me. You know what though? Things have changed in that manner though, because I do remember, I definitely felt that before. If you look at the sitcoms of the day, everybody was picking at each other. Joking. You know, it's the joke of the show. That's what the eighties were all about. That's what the early nineties were all about. It was a lot of that in the culture. You know, I mean, Gen X, we, I grew up 
I was a latchkey kid from the time I was nine. If you heard the stories, I've, I've actually been threatening to tell the stories on my, my um, TikTok channel about my childhood and all the, the really bizarre shit we got into as I was a child. You know, I was just, yeah. we had know, the space I mean, to do that. We were just gone for hours and hours and hours. My mother had no idea where no I was. Idea. We did some incredibly stupid and dangerous things. And I did less than others because I was the safety girl. But, you know, um, nonetheless, incredibly stupid and dangerous things. So, you know, yeah. it's a miracle any of us survived, right? I say that. Yeah, somehow thing. we did. God, you're so right. <laughs> you know oh, my God, you're so right. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, what was funny too, is that I never told my parents either since I didn't know, I just right. let them believe that I was so good. Like most of my life. Right. My dad yeah. died thinking, boy, she is such a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> he knows better now. <laughs> but he doesn't care. <laughs> it is, is he doesn't care. <laughs> Which I'm sure he's so thankful that I didn't know all the things that he did. Which, I mean, it's so funny. I had Found, both my parents, you know, were very Catholic. I'm the first person to like go to public school, like on both sides of the family. And I had found all of these things of my parents, like in his stuff, like notes that he had wrote, pictures that him and my mom had taken. They were like meditating in the mountains and found this like poem that my dad wrote about the soul and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, who? I mean, I could see it was his handwriting, but I was like, I can't believe that came out of him. Yeah. Well, you know, parents had lives before us, you know, yeah, right. and you're going to, your kids are going to feel the same way about you. They're going to be like, mom had a life before me. Ah, what was no. that? You know, no, but see some of that stuff. I just, I, I never let out of me <laughs> even still today. I mean, when the kids are younger, that's one thing. When they get older, yeah. I, think, I think it's important to share that you messed up too. You know, so like there's cool. a whole thing going around on Twitter right now because an intern at, I don't remember, Netflix or Comcast or some one of the big media companies sent out a test email to every subscriber. And it just was an empty email that said test email. <laughs> and so now there's all these people on Twitter saying, dear intern, here's all the, here's what I did that screwed up. And I'm still successful today, right? It's oh, the most loving this. thing. It's the most loving thing I've ever seen. And I really wanted to go in and say, here's how I screwed up. And here's oh where God. I am today, right? It's, it's like everybody messes that. up. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's wow. fantastic. Just search Twitter for Dear Intern and you'll I see it all over Twitter. Yeah. Because why do, and it reminded me, I thought you were going to tell me a story like this where you find out that, Somebody at the top of whatever company one time got a hooker. You know, no. you know, it's like who cares? Front page news. And then like, what? <laughs> who I cares? don't care. I didn't care that Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky got into it. Right? Run my business. That's it's how Bill I Bill and Hillary's business. And I didn't care about that. And you know, if and they're like, oh well, she stayed with him. And I'm like, you don't know, they might have an open relationship and they're not going to announce that, but that's not my place to say. If she wants to stay with him, that's her call. I don't have anything to say about it. Why would I have anything to say about it, right? Exactly. This is the thing. Is That's part of politics, right? Is that they, they spin us up over ridiculous nonsense yeah. to distract from the bigger issues. 
it's all about the accomplishments of everyone. I think it makes you more human if you did make a mistake. Yes. I don't trust people who haven't made mistakes <laughs> and haven't owned them. Right. So I don't trust them because I, I disbelieve. I know they're lying because everyone makes mistakes. Exactly. Right? And so on my Facebook, I posted something. I got it from my cousin and I'm going to read it. But it says, because this is the end of the school year and everything, right? It says, right. a big shout out to all the kids who didn't win an award, who didn't make the honor roll and barely made it through the school year. A big hug to the moms, dads, grandparents, caregivers, step parents, and foster parents that stuck by them as they maneuvered the school year. To the kids that didn't get invited to prom, who didn't get a scholarship to go to college or perhaps have to go straight to work at high school, you are still worthy of a pat on the back and a Facebook post with people talking about how amazing that you are. Some kids have to work twice as hard as other students just to get a C. Their achievements deserve recognition. Don't forget these kids. Kindness, creativity, and generosity, those attributes sadly don't get the accolades they deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? It is. And I, I, I love seeing our culture evolve. Yes. And as much of a shit show as life has become in the last like decade, yeah. it's also evolved dramatically. And if you doubt that, all you have to do is go back and look at the early 90s and late 80s shows and see how much of them are politically incorrect today. Yeah, there's not as much picking anymore, right? Well, there's not as much picking, but there's more than that, right? Like, um, I remember I went back to watch the beginning of Blue Bloods, and there was a, a moment in season one where, I think it was season one, where where one of the officers disrespected one of the detectives and they didn't address it and i was so angry i just i almost didn't watch the show at all wow and i was just done because it was so blatant and so not okay and it was a female detective that she, he was just you know yeah he was patronizing right mm. and they didn't address it and i i had to go back and realize that was 15 years ago yeah, and wow. it was a commentary on what was, not a statement of what should be, right? It, it, I had to contextualize it, right? Because that was 15 years ago. It's a very different world today, right? So fast. And, and so fast, right? Yeah. So fast that, you know, there was no public outcry around it. There was nothing. And today that would have been like, mm, that's not okay, right? And, you know, part of that's because we're traumatized and we're not putting up with crap that we used to put up with. Right. <laughs> part no of that's the, on me. <laughs> the Me Too movement that came in the in-between, right? You know, part of it's just um, the evolution that's happening, right? Yeah. And so as much as we have to recognize that things are breaking down, they're breaking down because we're breaking down thought structures mm -hmm. that have held them up, Right. And so each time we pull a, a foundational post out from underneath, a large conceptual foundation point of the patriarchy, right, we weaken the rest of it. 
and it it makes it it makes the whole thing can't and now it's easier to pull out one of the other posts and and then easier to pull out another post until eventually the whole thing crumbles but the crumbling is always ugly right i mean think about any building that's ever been demolished it's ugly it is catastrophic for the building and it yes. is ugly for a period of time afterwards as you clean up the mess before you start to reset a new foundation and build again right wow. but that's what we're experiencing that's what the us in particular is experiencing is this fight to hold on to the status quo compared to the fight to tear down the status quo sit in the rubble for a while and then rebuild together that's the battle that's happening right now is the patriarchy is trying to hold on and it's spouting all the patriarchy stuff right it's it's going back in time to the 50s you know around women's rights and all of the things right yes. we're going back to okay. the 50s on that and and at the same time we have the other side of the coin which is you look 15 years ago and what is acceptable today was you know is not what would what they were talking about then right so you know that's a huge shift and so we only see the loudest actors in the play right right you yeah. only see that and the loudest actors are they're acting i mean they they really are it's been it's very interesting i don't know if you follow jeff johnson on tiktok um but he's a a freshman uh representative uh from North Carolina, I think, in the Senate, in the Congress. He's a freshman congressman. And he has been sort of giving the blow by blow in the back of, you know, letting everybody know what's happening in Congress right now and, you know, how he feels about it and what his take on it is and what he's in on and what he isn't in on and, you know, all these other things. And one of the things he's saying is that, you know, some of the people that you think are the stupidest when you look at the media are actually the smartest when he talks to them in person. And he's like, that's because it suits their narrative to look stupid because they get more press. Oh, right. Yes. And so, you know, you just you're like, huh, OK, we're being gaslighted. <laughs> we're being well, I mean, it's it, politics have always been a play. Mm -hmm. It's right. always been a morality play with different players saying, I hold the moral high ground. No, I hold the moral high ground. They're, yeah. they're all playing on our upset and our fear and our love of judging others, right? Yeah. That's what they play on. This is one of the other reasons why doing your spiritual work is so important. When you do your own work, you don't fall in love with judging other people because you recognize that it just means that you feel like you're judging yes. yourself and you don't love the fear anymore. You're not engaged in it on a daily basis. So it doesn't resonate with you anymore. You look at that and go, Ew, that feels icky, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and you don't get the moral outrage, right? Because you've learned to understand that moral outrage means that you are feeling victimized mm -hmm. because if you are feeling righteous, you are in your victim, right? Yes. Righteousness by definition is in your victim. You're going, wow, I have the right answer. I am the better. Right. person i i have it all and it it means that you feel like you don't have anything and it means that you feel like everybody else has to follow your rules which means that you're controlling which means that you feel unsafe which means that you're feeling victimized mm -hmm. you know that all of these things and so yeah. when we do our spiritual work we don't have any of that mm -hmm. right. right yeah it's so interesting you know my daughter just 
how do I can so now in fifth grade they have like a mini graduation too, you know. <laughs> so it's Why called not? continuation. Yeah. And she is going on to middle school. And I actually was sitting there in the crowd in the seat, what thinking to myself, well, I wonder how hard it'll be with middle school. I mean Elementary, let me bend the rules for Kinsley. Because, you know, when they said, oh, she hasn't turned any homework. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in homework. <laughs> and they're like. They're not going to let you get away with that in middle school. They're looking at me like. And I was like, yeah, I just don't. That's my time. What You know, she could do the work here. Right. And the guy was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I think it's Finland. I think it's Finland. It's It's one of the that area, they went from having the worst school uh, results, right, in the world to having the best, or not the worst, but, you know, they were really bad. And one of the things they did was they got rid of homework. Yeah. They reprioritized, they took out standardized testing, they oh. took out homework, My and kid they reprioritized <laughs> kids having time to be kids. Yes. I mean, how many kids have killed themselves? over a stupid math test or yeah. trying to keep up, you know, this, when Kensley gets home and all my kids were like this, they just want to come down. Right. You know what I mean? They want to be left alone. They don't, I can't even talk to them. I say, how was your day? They're like, mm. I'm okay. Yeah. So yeah, I just, for their mental health, I don't think it's good. Yeah. Well, and Finland agrees. Yeah, and good for Finland. <laughs> their kids are in better positions. They have the one of the lowest suicide rates, and which, yeah. given how dark it is all the time, is you know pretty impressive for the sad thing, uh, seasonal affective disorder. Um, oh. And um, so you know it's just, but the problem is, and here's what I what I'm going to say is that I don't see that we will get rid of standardized testing anytime soon, and the reason for that is that. Um, well, it's not just the money, it's they, the system wants us to grow up to learn to not have any free time. They want us to grow up to learn to put it, leave it all on the field, you know, the whole nine yards, because that's the workers that they want. Yeah, true. Right. The school system is designed to create the workers that they want. And if you doubt that, go back and look at when the school system was set up and yeah. what it was structured to be and who it was structured by. And it was some of the barons of industry. Right. You're right. So, um, you know, they're they're turning out workers for the cultural belief structure of, you know, more work better. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we were living by the same rules in the early 70s, late 60s, before they decoupled the GNP from wages from the GNP, uh, gross national product, right? We would be living very high status lives right now. We'd all have lots and lots of money. We'd all have, you know, multiple houses. We'd have a, a regular house and a vacation home and cars and the whole thing. Because if you look at the productivity, it's taken off. It's gone through the roof because of computers, because of, yes. you know, all of the ways in which we have evolved through technology, but the workers have seen none of those benefits. Wow. And so, you know, this yeah. is right. Where is it? And, and this is part of it. Right. So, you know, and I'm not trying to get political. I'm just from a, from a social perspective, when we look at uh, what I try to do, what I work with people on is, is personal empowerment, right? 
And so when you look at the system and you look at the history of the system, you can see that the system is broken. You can historically cultures who have deleted their middle class have died shortly thereafter. That is the nature of if you look at economics history, if the middle class goes, you're you're doomed, right? Eventually there will be revolution and the government will fall in the whole nine yards. So, you know, when you look at it, you see the system's broken. Okay. I, I don't think anybody anywhere would tell you the system isn't broken. They'll all tell you different reasons right. why the system is broken, depending upon the, which political structure they're following. But everybody agrees pretty much that the system's broken. So if you know that the system is broken, why choose to operate within it? Right. Um, this is why I tell people, you know, start your own business. Do your own thing. Don't be subject to somebody else. You know, and the, the only reason to be subject to somebody else is if you absolutely know that you don't have it in you to, to start a business. Wow. And even then, if you know you don't have it in you to start a business, but you know that you're a good doer for other people's direction, partner with someone who is a good director. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. Start your own business. Yes. Right. I, I'm just, I think everybody should be doing their own thing. And, you know, this is the other piece too. When I talk about, you know, starting your own business, people are like, oh, but it's, it's so insecure. It's like, how many people are being laid off right now? Yeah. How insecure is the average job right now? It's pretty insecure. So would you rather be insecure under your own power or insecure under somebody else's? Yeah. Right? It, you also get paid what you what you produce, right? So if you're somebody who's yeah. a producer, if you're somebody who's a worker, you get paid for that, assuming you price yourself properly, right? Mm. You've got to make sure you price properly because our givers out there will give away everything and then they, they're running a charity and not a business and then they wonder why they go under, right? Kelly, we've but, talked about this before. I think that what it is, is it starts actually with the healing that you have to do first. Yeah in order to actually be a success in that. Because what you just said, I mean, that's a self-worth issue, right? It is, yeah. It's a combination of things, but yes, yeah. self-worth is one of them, yeah. Right. And also how much is it that has been passed down to us? Oh, totally, yeah. How many of the ancestral line stories are we repeating in our own lives because we take took it on out of love from our family and you know, it wasn't even ours to begin with. How many past life stories are we playing out in our business? And How 15 many? years, 15 oh my years, gosh. right? You just said yeah. it's only been 15 years. Really? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. So any woman like yourself who is successful in doing so, I mean, congratulations. Yeah. And you're yeah. also I mean, helping others achieve this too. Yeah. That's the other piece is that women in the US have been taught to snipe at each other and harp on each other and not be supportive yeah. of each other and tear Jeez. each other down and pick yes. and pick and pick and pick, right? Oh, she's wearing that. Oh, she hurt. Look at her hair. Eh, eh. Yeah. It's like, don't do that. Be no. kind to one another. Help each other up. Yes. You know, the guys have done it for generations. <laughs> the white men in particular have done it for generations, you know. Brotherhood. Yeah. And, you know, we need to create that sisterhood where we help each other up. And so, you know, that's that's part of it is, you know, be supportive of your fellow women. I can't tell you how many pieces of free advice I've given out in my time. I will say this, ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, please, if you are going to ask for advice, take it. Mm. 
because you're wasting the time of the person who is giving you the advice if you have no intention of taking it. Mm-hmm. And they will not give another piece of advice to the next person if you don't take it because they feel their time was wasted. Wow. And if you're getting a no from someone you really want to mentor you, I promise you, it is most likely that they felt like their time was wasted in mentoring someone else in the past. If you can prove to them that you are a doer, and a doer is the real important thing, not just enthusiastic, but a doer and a problem solver who's not going to let anything get in your way, then they will mentor you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So, wow. you know, assuming they have time, assuming they're not mentoring other people, you know, whatever else, but there, there are no hard and fast rules. But if they don't have a current person they're mentoring and they've said no and given you no reason why, that's likely the reason because I've been that person. And you know, you are one, one. Okay, I was about to say one of a few, but one, just one. (laughs) (laughs) Who not only is a doer, but is honest. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. Kelly Sparta, you called Mandy and I up. It was like almost two years ago and said, ladies, I don't know what you're doing, but I made, I don't remember how much money it was, it was thousands. Yeah. From listeners of your podcast, you should be doing an affiliate program. Yeah. You know, I mean, first of all, there you go. You were reaching out for your sisters, right? You were trying to lift somebody up, but also so honest. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because I think that we would have never even considered it. And it did take a minute to get into it. But now, like today, I'm very choosy, actually, even who I pick, because I want to make sure that the ones that I pick, I really align with their programs like yours. And I also don't want to have people overlapping on each other's feet. So I want that person to be successful, because I'm going to be successful if they're successful. And I believe in their program. But 2022, like, it just all went to shit. That was the year for it. Yeah. (laughs) 2022 was the breakdown year, man. It really was. I know. And 22 is like my favorite number. Such a high vibe number. You got to think about it. You got to, you got to break down to break through, right? Absolutely. The breakdown is what clears the decks for the breakthrough that comes next. I do remember like when Mandy decided not to come back and podcast, I had those voices that said, oh, you can't do this by yourself. There's no way. So you just better, you know, go back to work, call it a day, have a final episode, because you cannot do this. And I got so sick, Kelly. Mm. I was like flu symptoms overnight in my bed, crying, sick, more sick than I ever been. And then I decided, I think I woke up the next morning and was like, no, this cannot be the same day. I cannot be sick like this. So I went into like a meditation, just kind of like just focusing on my body, feeling the sickness. And all of a sudden I started cutting cords in my mind mm-hmm. yeah. and just like cutting them and cutting them. And you know, it was like, I had never been sick the day before. And I had this attitude of not only can you do it, you already do do it. And you're going to be great. You're going to be right. fine. It was a just a huge moment in my life. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the thing, right? We get into these places where, and I think, I think we've all been some point in our lives, right? You start off in fantasy land. You start off wishing you could be somewhere else and, and someone else. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to make this association and, and some people may get upset about it, but it's okay. I'm, I'll put it together. Just listen all the way through. <laughs> She's wrong. There, there is a, <laughs> there's a statistic that says that the average battered woman takes seven times for her to actually leave and stay gone from the partner who's doing the abusing seven times. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're practicing being able to be on their own. Each time they learn a little bit more about how to do it before they go back. And it's like, I think I can be this person. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And I feel like for those of us, when we're early on in our spiritual practice, and we're still being really self-abusive, right? Because we are self-abusive at that stage. We're learning how to leave our abuser selves, our inner inner abuser that says, I can't do it. it says, you're never going to make it. You're going to fail. I don't believe in you, right? That's our inner abuser. And I think we go through that fantasy stage of wishing it could be different. And eventually we start talking out loud about it and wishing it could be different. Yeah. And then, you know, then we start to maybe try it and see if it could be different. And then we fall back and go, oh, you know, that worked. Oh, crap. What do I, I don't know whether I can do this if it works, you know, because I don't really believe it can work. I'm just testing it and, ah, and run back, right? And then try again a little bit later. And, you know, it's that back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until you start to believe that you might actually be worth investing your time and energy into. That's the thing. And I've heard this recently. It's like you, you may try and maybe it takes you an hour to get it done. Well, maybe next time you try and it only takes you half an hour to figure, you know, out this, and then it gets shorter and shorter every time. And, and I think that's what happens. Like you keep on trying and it does get, I mean, you have to be like resilient and yeah. persistent. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, everybody tries and fails. I mean, if I told you how yes. many different versions of my business I've been through in the last 19 years, right? You, I mean, I swear <laughs> to God, any sane person would have quit. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm just not sane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I tried to quit multiple times. I really did. I tried. I like buffed up my resume and I would go out to monster. And sometimes I'd actually get the resume onto monster before I felt like I was dying inside and had to take it down. But yeah, I mean, that was me. I mean, I over and over and over again, I failed and I failed and I failed and I knew how to run a business. I had been successful in, in selling real estate. I had been successful in selling real estate products briefly until the market crashed. You want to talk about demoralizing. I finally got up to that six figures and kaboom. The entire market went to hell in a handbasket, right? Man, they say so, college is hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I tried. I tried many different angles. You know, mm -hmm. Kathy and I together tried many different angles. And, you know, it just, I could not wrap my head around how to make it go because I was too stuck in my victim. And I was too stuck in the energetic of poverty that exists in the spiritual world. Yes. Right? 
there is an energetic of poverty. There's a smog of poverty at the bottom of the energetic world, right? It's this, ah, you have to not charge for your services, despite the fact that you've spent thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on learning them. You're not allowed to charge for them because you're a bad person if you do. And hours. That's crap, right? Um, and then, you know, there's the, you know, I have to take care of everybody. So I can't charge too much because then they can't afford it. Blah, but then I can't pay my bills. But, you know, I'll figure it out. Right. It's just like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, you know, there was so much. I go back and I read some of the copy because I am a digital hoarder. <laughs> and I don't, I don't delete anything. It's horrible. But I go back and read some of the copy from back in those days. And I'm like, oh my God, the victim energy in this was so high. No wonder I couldn't sell this because why would anybody want to do this? But we've all failed. That's kind of my point is that we've all been there. We've done it. We've tried. We've done it. We've tried. We've failed. We've tried. We failed. We've tried not long enough and then panicked and pivoted to something else. You know, it's like you give something two weeks to sell and then you give up, you know? I can't tell you how many times I did that, right? (laughs) Right. If you're not going to leverage somebody else's knowledge, if you're going to figure it all out on your own, and not to say that I didn't buy coaching because I did, I bought a ton of coaching, but um, I've easily spent like 75 grand on coaching, um, maybe more. I mean, I have been so blessed in this podcast because I get to interview amazing people like you. I'm like a student every single week. And I'd be stupid to just interview them and then not take their advice and read their books and, you know, be a part of their groups and, and do the work, which I mean, I can honestly say that is probably sense of soul's success. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing is that you have to be open to receive. That's the, that's the other piece. You know, you're not going to make any money if you're not open to receive. And that means open to receive in a wide variety of ways. But most significantly is love because Mm -hmm. people in the spiritual world will conflate money and love all the time. They will just shove those two things together and say, if you love me, you'll pay me, right? Mm -hmm. Or here, give me some validation and you can pay me less, right? That's another thing I see happen a lot because validation and love are also smushed together. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a complicated industry to be successful in because your success is dependent upon your spiritual progress. Wow. So true. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is true still, even for people who don't have spiritually based businesses, but who themselves are spiritually based, right? Because if you're an empath, and you're running any kind of business, I promise you that business is occupying your energetic field. And therefore, when you don't feel like having business, when you're tired and you're burned out, whatever, your sales calls disappear. Mm, And when you feel rejuvenated, your sales calls come back. Oh, that totally happened. When the vibe was low, we were getting all of these cancellations. Yeah like no shows. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like if the vibe goes back up, you don't have that. The world is reflecting your energy back to you. Yeah. So you were talking about 2022 being the breakdown year, right? Mm -hmm. So in uh, the first quarter of 2022, I wrote my book and I, I started this coaching program 
And it was about, you know, write your book and then use your book as a marketing tool. And, you know, you should be able to pay for your, your marketing by the sales of the book and whatever upsells you do on the back end and whatever. Right. And I did, I did the launch, couldn't make the ads pay for themselves. I, I was trying to do, I wrote the book in two and a half weeks. Whoa. Yeah. I edited it over the next two and a half weeks. And I wrote all the copy because my copywriter quit in the middle. Okay. And I, so by the end of the three and a half month process, I was so burned out. I was literally like, I can't even look at my business right now. And it didn't work. Right. It did not work. And so um, I was also getting ready to move to Panama. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, I just stopped worrying about it. I was just like, never mind. I will mm-hmm. just stick with what I've got for now. I'm going to make the move and we'll get there. And so of course we sold everything we owned and, and packed everything up and went, to, went, drove to Florida and put the dog on a plane, got on a plane, got here, got COVID, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> had to find a whole new place to live, a whole new situation, learn the new, wow. new culture, the new language, the new everything. And so by the end of the year, I was like, I, I was barely able to turn around and start paying attention to trying to grow my business again. Whereas at the beginning of 2022, I was like, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to 5X my business this year. By the end of 2022, I was like, I'm going to hope, (laughs) I'm going to hope that I can squeak by, right? (laughs) And in the meantime, all these clients of mine who had been my clients for years, years, like one of them was eight years she'd been working with me, all said, oh my God, I feel complete. I feel so good. Thank you. I'm done. And so I'm watching my client list slowly like disappear because all these people are completing. Yeah. And I'm going, right. I'm in this foreign country. Right. And what it was, was the universe was like, okay, so you're up leveling. Great. Because the whole time I had been holding this vision of 5Xing my business, mm-hmm. I had been doing strategic thinking, I'd been stepping into my CEO self, I had been really uh, shifting the way that I was being in my business, I changed all the structures within the business so that I could have people come in and work as a team underneath me. And I'd done all the things to prepare my business to be a million dollar business, right? And so I, the universe was like, okay, here you go. And it took my business and refocused it. And it's like, okay, so you're now working with business owners instead of with spiritual seekers directly. And you're now training people to do your spiritual seeker programs and you're certifying them in your spiritual seeker programs and you're going to coach them. You're going to do that work. And you're going to roll out these other programs that are specific for people who have spiritual, who are business owners and spiritually based, but not like spiritual practitioners per se. Your system evolved. My system evolved itself. And like you, the yeah. old business closed itself down, like to the point where the guy who delivers my programs, who has been delivering my programs for years, who's been a mm-hmm. student of ours for years, looked at Kathy and I a week and a half ago and said, I think I'm complete. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I realized that I don't have to do this. And this was going to be my retirement job. And I don't need a retirement job. I've done the math and I can just retire. And so I'm going to. And and I was like, okay. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah, which was awesome. You well. <laughs> It'd be great for him to know what he wants, right? And and go well into the world. It actually works out for me. 
talk about synchronicities coming together. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak business. So he didn't fit in the new model. Yeah. Right. Wow. And he didn't know I was doing the shift. So he didn't know that that's what was happening. So, you know, it's it, everything comes together, right? It all comes together as you, as you bring things together. And you've allowed it to flow as I'm, yes. I'm listening to you and I see this allowance and acceptance of what's coming and what's going. It's when you force it yes. to stay the way it's been and not allow, then there's an issue because yeah. now you're, there's like this resistance. There's, well, it's the system that we live in right now. We're just yeah. talking about systems, not yeah. allowing things to evolve. Yeah. And I've been rebranding the business at the same time because I've been leading with the personal growth stuff. And what I've been hearing from people is I, I, I really want to take the inner peace program, but I'm, I'm scared. Mm. And I'm like, you definitely need to take it. <laughs> I'm confused because, you know, it's a perspective shift program. It's it's not a deep, you know, dive into yourself, you know, dig out your, your shadows program. We build you up to that, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a perspective shift program. Why why are you scared of it? And they were like, well, I really like the, the, the woo-woo stuff, right? And I was like, oh, and this was not the only time that's ever been said. And so before I was like, no, you must do it my way. And, da, 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 da. and now I was like, okay, no, I'm listening. What people really want is the woo, and that's great. I'm, I'm delivering the woo anyway. I was already delivering the woo, but I was <laughs> advertising the personal growth. Hmm. And I was delivering the personal growth with the woo because that's the most effective way to do the personal growth work. Um, and I'm just reversing how I'm talking about it now. Same program. Language. I'm just changing it. I'm talking mm-hmm. about here, you know, learn how to manage your energy field, learn how to, uh, you know, control your, your, how to protect your environment, how to protect yourself, you know, how to do all of these things. And when you feel safer, then you reduce your stress levels. And then we address your fear and your anxiety and your worry and your dread, all these things. When you clear these things out, they allow you to hold more energy and allow you to be more powerful. And, you know, so it, it's just yeah. reversing the language, but it makes all the difference because now it's a fun woo-woo thing rather than a ooh, deep personal growth thing. And so it's right. not as intimidating for people who are just stepping into their path, right? That's very Same smart, program. Kelly Sparta. <laughs> but, you know, but it was because I, I listened. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen before. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't listen. They were like, oh, well, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, do this. And I'm like, okay, just listen. Just listen. I'm a generator. I need to listen. In human Are design, I'm, I'm not a manifester. I'm not a manifesting generator. I am a generator. I need to listen. <laughs> what I discovered since I've been here is that I have actually been burned out for about a decade. Mm. And that's really hard for me to admit because, you know, I'm supposed to be this conscious of yourself person, right? And, and I, I did. I have been taking a lot of downtime in the last decade. I have. I've given myself a lot of downtime. But it wasn't until I got here and I got out of the energy of the U.S., which is so stressful, yeah. that I recognized how stressed I had been. And I needed to have that perspective shift because my, my set point was way too high. And so every time I would think, oh, I feel better now, I can do some more work, I would just be barely getting by. And now I go, oh, I'm getting stressed when I'm well below what used to be my set point for, oh, I'm getting, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm okay now. 
like getting gas way before the gas light goes on. Yeah, exactly. You know, and before I thought that okay was at like, you know, just before the tank light went on. Yeah. Right. And now I think being okay is at like three quarters of tank, right? Give yourself some yeah. cushion there. Yeah. It's a huge difference. And it's important to notice. And I just, you know, you can't know what you can't know. And nobody's perfect. And that's just the nature of things. But, you know, the, we do the best we can with what we have. And, you know, me learning that that was the case for me, I now understand why I couldn't hear some things before. I now understand why I was stuck in so in the victim because I was so empty. Right. Yeah. So, that's why it was so hard for me to be able running to see how fumes. to get out yeah. because I was running on fumes and I was, I was still nose to the grindstoning right. and getting things done, more things done in a day than most people get done in a week. Right. I'm there. Right. And you know, I, I made it look good, but I didn't make it successful for a very long time because I, I didn't have the energy to stop and listen. Wow. You know, I was taking coaching courses. I was taking in what they were saying. Sometimes I tried to take a coaching course when I first moved into the apartment in Richmond and I literally was talking to the coach and they were telling me stuff and I could not hear it. Wow. Cause I was so stressed out from having made the move from Boston to Richmond. And I was just like, what? That? <laughs> I was working so hard trying to understand wow. and I just couldn't. Yeah. And so, you know, this is, this is what happens when you get that far gone. And so, you know, coming out of it now is just amazing. It's, it's oh. stunning. So, it, you know, this is one of the things that I tell people, I'm like, look, you are more stressed than you think you are. Yeah. You were so in it. You couldn't even see it. I you couldn't had even to see leave it. the country. Yeah. Yeah. And in 2002, I went to the doctor and the doctor asked me what was going on in my life. And I told her what was happening. And, you know, it was just a normal year for me, you know, massive shift because it was my <laughs> life. And, and she looked at me and went, Oh my God, if I could write you a prescription for a month at Canyon ranch right now, I would. And I looked at her and I did not understand what her problem was. Oh yeah. I literally did not compute. I was like, what do you mean? I didn't, I don't need a month at Canyon ranch. This is my life. You clearly just don't know how this works. I carry the energy of change. <laughs> That's how it is. That's who I am. My life yeah. is like this all the time. And she's like, then you need three months. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. <laughs> yeah. What do you do in yeah. life? <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, it was, that's it, funny. I've had the yeah. same, Kelly. I, I remember my cousin one night telling me, God, listening to you is exhausting. Yeah. She goes, I think, I mean, like, you're going to end up just slamming into the wall. And I was like, shoot, I'll just take that wall down. I got stuff to do. <laughs> that like me. Yes. I, I had a boyfriend that we broke up once because he said, I don't want to live my life at your speed. And wow. I said, I'm not going to slow down. And we were like, okay, we're done. We're still really good friends 20 years later, but you know, I have slowed down. Not, not much, <laughs> Wow. but I have slowed down, but, but I, I will say that I'm, I'm currently launching two different programs <laughs> at the same time. 
because, you know, I, I keep having people ask me for them and I'm like, oh, okay. So like I've enrolled, enrolled somebody in a program I'm still writing um, because she was like, I'm ready. And I'm like, okay, you're going to be my beta tester. And she's like, okay. And so, you know, I had to put, put together the programs. So it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to build the program as we go. We're going right. to teach the program as it happens. That's what the, right. the gurus yes. say, right? Uh, I have a hard time with that because I have to have the energetic in order to, to do it, to market right. it. Like I finally got most of it put together and I'll be doing the live education sessions on the blocks. Yes, those are right. great. But I've got 25, 26 modules of other content mm -hmm. that I put together in the last two weeks because I'm a digital hoarder. And oh, you just have a library. I'm just going to put it in a structured format now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's like that. But it's like all the years of stuff came together, though. That's yes. That's kind of beautiful. So it wasn't yes. always energy. Correct. And that's why I'm a digital hoarder is because I'm like, I'm not using this right now, but I, I know I'll come back to it. Right? right. And, you know, I just update it to whatever it needs to be in that moment. And then it's, it's right. there and ready to it go. It had a reason. Yeah. Yes. And here's the thing. I do this. I go in sprints, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll sprint and get a whole bunch of things done at once. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm at the end of a long sprint right now. Uh, with because of course I'm doing the rebrand and launching two programs. That's fun. Okay. And then so I'm at the end of a long, long sprint. And then I will take a lot of downtime. Yeah. Because right. you know, okay, the sprint's done. I'm not filling it up with other things, right? Yeah. I'm gonna be like, okay, I can appreciate that I did this, not spend five minutes going go me and then on to the Get next thing. The right. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And yeah. I also see, and I don't know if you did that before, but I mean you're also networking and actually you and I just joined a group of other podcasters, the ethereal um, network. network. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm super excited to, you know, be a part of it and to help. That was my thing. Like when you asked me and told me about it, I was like, Oh, that's so amazing. I would love to be a part of a group that has a shared desire to lift each other up yeah. for the greater good to all yeah. help each other. I, I love that, which is yeah. so beautiful because we should, like we said at the very beginning, you know, supporting each other and yeah. accepting that all branch yeah. and also asking, you know, Hey, do you want to help me? I'll help you. Right. It's a beautiful thing. That is actually, I think something that is missing in the world. Yeah. Instead of the community, as we all sit down in the pews, and listen to what we should be doing. Community seems a little different to me now when I think of community. It's networking. It's I'll rub your back, you rub mine, I'll help you, you know, we can trade, we can do this. It's a beautiful thing because this is growth. This is building yeah. off of each other and with each other. I see community very differently in my 50s than I did in my 30s. Yeah. In my 30s, I wanted to lead community. I wanted to be the center of community and make everything go. And I would, you know, massage everything and you know, make, you know, do all the invitations and make everybody happy. Yeah, you have a big voice. I can see that. You know, I just loved bringing people together. Now in my fifties, people are like, you want to run it? I'm like, oh, hell no. I do not want to run it. I will contribute. I will be part. I, but don't make me, me do anything. You know, like, dude, no. when the teachers and the coaches <laughs> ask, like, who wants to help? Dude, you see Shanna, like, hiding, peeking back, trying to still listen to the information. 
I did mine. I volunteered well for years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the space, right? And and the time and the stillness that I crave. And I just don't want to go, go, go like that anymore. Right. And so, and you know, if I do, and sometimes I love to do it, I do love the push. I love to just sit down and bang out stuff and just <laughs> see stuff appear in front of me and make yeah. it go, right? I just love it, right? It's just, there's something about it that just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> when True. you're joining a community and you're in that role, you're required to do it. I get to do it on my schedule now, doing it for me, and then I can be done, right? Yeah. Like I have a new client right now who's come in on my um, Shaman on Call service. And so we're working on her business and I'm having the best time. Oh my God. Oh my because, God. you know, she's sending me over all the stuff about her business. I'm looking at her financials. I'm looking at her information about how she does her sales pitches. I'm looking at everything. I'm just like, I'm so jazzed because it's new and it's, you know, I'm like, let me look at the energetics underneath this. Let me see how this energy of this sales pitch goes. Let me, let me see how this is flying together with other things. Let me look at the pictures of all of the people in your team. Let me see how they relate. Let me see if the energies are meshing or not. You know, I'm, I'm looking at everything and I'm, so, I'm having the best time because you have the energy for it because I have the energy for it. Right. Because I'm just like, ah, oh, this I'm, I can see things, right? It was just like, and I don't have to do any of the work, right? I can just see what needs to be done and deliver that information. And then her team can go and do the work, right? So I get to have that visionary combined with my engineer brain that says, ah, these energies go together like this and those go like that. And here's the practical back end of it. And here's the the structure of what you have to put together from a business end. And here we will take all that and say, do X, Y, and Z. Boom. Done. So I can tell just by watching you talk about this, how passionate you are and how proud of yourself that you can, you know, have, have come this far with that. Because the thing is, is when you were spreading yourself too thin, I'm sure you didn't have the energy to get all of that. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So you're more productive, really, truly. Absolutely. More yeah, I have been so productive in the last few weeks. Oh my gosh. I'm And I'm moving multiple projects forward at the same time. And I'm just like, do I have energy for this day? No, I'll go do this one. Okay. I love it. Do I have energy for this day? Nope. I'm going to go watch Netflix. <laughs> so here's one thing I struggle with. It doesn't have to do with anybody else. Just my own damn self is, well, and I never really thought myself of this, but I know now through a lot of reflection of my child mirroring me and also just, I guess I'm just having to accept and admit this about myself. I have an issue with perfectionism. So perfectionism is about an externalized sense of value. So what that means is that you look to others to provide you with your sense of your self-worth. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be perfect so that no one can find fault. And, you know, so, and and part of me wants to say, no, no, not me. That's not me, you know, but, you know, I'm at the place where this is something new that's coming up for me. I noticed it truly through my child. Mm -hmm. She's like that. And I'm, I've questioned why is she like that? Why? Because like, she tells me all the time, mom, it doesn't have to be perfect. 
Right. I mean, it'll be, and you know what, here's the thing. Nobody else will even see the things that I'm trying to fix right. ever. Right. What am I doing? It's like, it's like you're sabotaging. So, so there's two places where this comes up, right? One is the externalized sense of value. And the other one is, is, is a resistance to doing what you know you need to do. Mm. And so you use it as an excuse to not move forward. Oh, it's a, that's it's it. Sabotage. Yep. Yeah. That's it. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's almost like scrolling, you know, some people scroll mm -hmm. and like shop and put like a million things in my card. I do that too. Yeah. It's very similar to that. Yeah. Like that explains avoidance. why I had the experience I did today. <laughs> I, so this is, this is a funny thing that happens to shamans is that when we're going to be in with a client or, or somebody like you, where we're going to be on a long call with them, then, um, you know, we will automatically get some of the stuff that is going to come mm -hmm. up on the call. Yes. And so True. like earlier today, I had a lot of work to do and I redid the images for four of my modules <laughs> four and uploaded each one of them four times. Don't send it you know, to I, me. <laughs> and, and I was just like, why am I doing this? Why? I don't care about this, but I was obsessed. Yeah. I had to do it. And I'm like, why? I have so much to do. And I'm like, but I don't want to do it. And I'm like, okay, I didn't recognize now yeah. I know why it was happening because that's not normally my resistance. So, but I was like, I was tapping into you already because I just sent you yeah. the email that we had talked about earlier with the, the certification program that you would. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the, you definitely were. In fact, there's been a few things, Kelly, you've said over the past hour that I'm like, damn, she's psychic. My goodness. <laughs> well, yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Which helps in business. It does. Um, it totally yeah. does. <laughs> and and in, and in being a mother as well, I have to say that much. And yeah. a partner, I guess. That in, doesn't in hurt. all areas. <laughs> all things, yes. But, all you know, right. do you also feel that, I mean, because I started to notice this. I started to realize this was happening as a massage therapist. But then looking back, it's always happened with friends or your your clients, they show up and you're like, God, this person is just like me. Yeah. <laughs> well, my target market is me, you know, five, yes. 10 years ago, right? And that's who everybody's target market okay. be, is, is yeah. them five or 10 years ago, because that's, those are the people you can speak to. My shaman told me a, a story, and I think I may have told it on the podcast before, but oh, it was a long time ago, but the uh, the story is that an apprentice shaman is getting ready to go out for his final vision quest before becoming a shaman. And so he gives away everything he owns and he sets out into the desert to find his place of power. And as he's walking along, he is talking to his spirit guides and the good spirits. And he's saying, you know, you've got my back, right? You're going to take care of me, right? And they're like, yeah, 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 we've got you. We're, we're going to take care of you. And he, he goes out and he finds this place of power and he sits down and he's scared, but he's, he knows that they're going to take care of him. And night comes and he is set upon by all these evil spirits. And they rip him limb from limb and tear his flesh from his bones and scatter his bones to the wind. And in the morning, the good spirits come and they collect his bones and they put him back together and they knit his flesh back onto his, his bones and his skin back onto his flesh. And he looks at them betrayed and he says, where were you? You were supposed to protect me. And they said, no, you don't understand. 
you should be grateful that so many evil spirits set upon you this evening because only those spirits that set upon you, those are the only ones you will ever have power over. The ones that left their marks in your bones. And this is why our clients are us five or 10 years ago, because we have the marks in our bones that allow us to work with them. I love that. Wow, Kelly, yeah. I don't, I don't recall you telling that story. Maybe I didn't, but yeah. It's a good one. That's a good story, right? Yeah, I thought it's you were going to joke at first, like the spirit guide right? and the rabbi, you know. <laughs> I'm sure there's one. The I really wanted right? to tell. I wanted to share a rabbi joke, but I'm not very good at jokes with a rabbi. I wanted to. <laughs> My dad used to always tell funny rabbi jokes. <laughs> And stories. I love stories. So I appreciate that one. Thank you for sharing that one. Yeah. And, you know, of course, like energy attracts like energy too. When you're all of a sudden in a funk and you're receiving a bunch of funk. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you need to get out of your way and call somebody who's not in the funk and say, I'm in the funk. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, so grateful to the friends that I have right now because they are all really great non funkers, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, me too. And and I feel like, yeah, I mean, I couldn't get enough of the conversations like with you and like I was just talking about with Rabbi. I mean, I feel so blessed, so blessed that I have a community. I feel like it is a community. And also every person that's listening right now is a part of that. Yeah. Because they're receiving it. Yeah, we wouldn't have a reason to be here if they weren't listening. True, right. We would just be talking to each other, recording. We'd just be talking to each other, right. We we never would have found each other because, you know, I found you from the podcast, right? So, you know. I know. God bless. And I'm so excited to continue to do Kicking It With Kelly and help supporting your podcast and your work and your amazing courses. Can you tell everybody where they can find them and where they can find you? Yeah. So uh, kellysparta.com, K-E-L-L-E, Sparta, like the Greek city state.com. Uh, and you can also find me on Spirit Sherpa. Uh, uh, that's my podcast. Um, if you're brand new, you start at the very beginning. If you're a little further along, start at episode 98. And if you're at, at the point where you're going to be a practitioner, start at episode 200. Um, we've been on the air for 10, you know, five years. Oh my God, it feels like 10 years. Five years. <laughs> Thanks, you. <laughs> so there's like 306 episodes out that are each wow. a, at least a half an hour each. So um, Kelly gets twice as much done in one year. So it is like 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My my students tell me they sometimes have to listen to an episode two or three times to get it all because I am I'm I'm dense. Okay, yeah. so I, I'm going to, you know, I released, a, I'm just going to say it now because I'll probably, I'm going to do that this weekend. I released an episode of yours, Kelly, but in order to like, kind of like see which one would really vibe with sense of soul, like where we're at. I mean, dude, I listened to probably like 20 of your different episodes. <laughs> they were all so good. I like from beginning to end and I just loved them. So yeah, I awesome. definitely recommend it. And it was really hard to choose. Yeah, which one to to release? Yeah, because they were so great. So yeah, great. so and and you know, I mean, that's just it's so funny too because I started it as a beginner's podcast back in the day, and 
all my friends came up to me within like a few months of me doing it and said, oh my God, I love your podcast. And all my friends are like 10, 15, 20 years into their practice, right? I'm like, why? Why do you love my podcast? Why? It's a beginner's podcast. Why are you even listening to it? They're like, no, no, no. You're taking every two hour class I've ever taken in my entire life and stitching it together into a big world picture. And I was like, I am. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I guess I am. Because that's how it works in my head, right? Yeah. I really feel like my purpose is to break down the barriers, to break down the silos that exist between the different practices and yeah. cross-pollinate that knowledge so that people can see a bigger picture than just what you get from one silo. And you're no things. bullshit. You're no well, I am bullshit, no bullshit and very raw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I so I cuss a lot. You'll get over it. Or you won't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you do you and I'll do me and we'll all be good together. One of my favorite episodes, one of my favorite videos ever is of Osho talking about the word fuck. It's oh just my, my favorite. Have you seen it? No. It's Wait, the funniest thing and how it can be used and how it's the most uh, you know, flexible word. And he just, and he's doing it in this very Osho sort of way with his, you know, very posh sounding words and, you know, <laughs> and he's just using the word fuck in all these different ways. It's hysterical. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> going to. I'm That's hilarious. It's the best. Love like it. we don't suddenly stop cussing because we got white hair. It doesn't work. No, that <laughs> no. Cussing only means you're passionate about something. It's just language. <laughs> all yeah. right. Well, thanks so much, Kelly. I appreciate you coming back on. Oh, it's great to be here, Shanna. As always, I love you. Happy to be here anytime. Yep. Thanks for kicking it with me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.